Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am athlete tonight. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Brandon Marshall and Adam Pacman Jones. And before we preview this Thursday night football game, really dope story. Falcons left tackle Jake Matthews traveled with the team to Carolina, then found out this morning his wife went into labor, turned back and returned to Atlanta for the birth of his first child and just made it back to Carolina I think about an hour ago for tonight's game to prepare to take on the Carolina Panthers. And supposedly the owner lent him the jet to do it. So I think that was a really, really dope story. Uh, being able to be there to witness the, the birth of your first child, but then also get back to playing a game tonight. Let's preview this game, fellas. First, before I do that, I want to give you my top prop uh, bets today for the Falcons versus the Carolina doing? Panthers. Huh? How are you doing? You still hot on these prop bets? Hot, 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 hot. Week 10, you still hot? <laughs> hot, man. It's been hitting. They've been hitting. But my first prop bet is Tyler Algier, the running back from the Atlanta Falcons, over 32 and a half rushing yards. He's done that every week since week two. Yes, Cordell Patterson is back, but Atlanta likes to go with a three-headed monster, and Cordell Patterson's coming off an injury. Short week, they're not going to give him too much. He'll probably get back to getting RB1 reps next week. I think they still split the carries. He's going to go over 32 and a half yards easily because this Carolina Panthers defense, y'all, they can't stop a nosebleed in the run game. I mean, Joe Mixon is still running right now. He had five touchdowns last week, went over 100-something yards, and the Cincinnati Bengals as a whole went over 240 rush yards against Carolina. And then the week before that, they played the Atlanta Falcons, and they rushed for over 160 yards, and Algier went over that 32-and-a-half-yard mark. DJ Moore, receiver for the Carolina Panthers, over 59-and-a-half receiving yards. They didn't get him involved in the offense last week, but – Two weeks ago versus the uh, Atlanta Falcons, he went over 100 and uh, 100 receiving yards that game. And if you look at this Atlanta Falcons defense, you stated earlier, Brandon, you looked at the, the, the worst defenses in football. I think they were 32nd on that list. The last three weeks, they've given up 100 yards to the number one receiver all three weeks. Josh Palmer, then it was um, Cincinnati's uh, Jamar Chase, and then DJ Moore when he played him two weeks ago, all went over 100 yards. So over 59 and a half receiving yards for DJ Moore. And then at any time touchdown for Cordell Patterson. Again, this Carolina defense, they can't stop anything in the run game. The last three weeks, each starting running back for the opposing team has scored a rushing touchdown. I like Cordell Patterson to get into the end zone. Now let's break this game down. 
Let's start with the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker will start again, even though he struggled last week on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. But in two NFC South games, the young boy has been cooking this year. We talked about D.J. Moore's game versus the Atlanta Falcons. He played really well, has a real connection with P.J. Walker. But Deontay Foreman is going to be the key for the Carolina Panthers tonight. They have to run the football. It's hard to run the football, Brandon Marshall and Adam Pac-Man Jones, when you're down 28-0 and 35-0. That's what it was last week versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The two previous games versus the Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons, Deontay Foreman went over 100 yards rushing. They're going to have to get him going. And Ben McAdoo, for the love of God, can you help P.J. Walker out? Right? This is a, a mobile quarterback. Get him on the edge with some bootlegs. The Atlanta Falcons defense struggled with bootlegs last week versus the L.A. Chargers. Get him some easy throws to D.J. Moore. Put him in bunch sets. Get him in motion. Actually use the uh, P.J. Walker's legs in the run game. I'm not saying run quarterback power, but some zone reads and maybe even some speed sweeps just to make it easier on the kid. If you look at the Atlanta Falcons, I love this team, man, because I love the physicality they play with. They play old school brand of football. They line up Brandon Marshall in 13 sometimes. They line up in Pony, two fullbacks, one running back. And they run downhill every play. You know what's coming. And they ask you what you're going to do about it, right? They're going to line up every play and run the football. And Marcus Mariota, they use his legs really well, too. Arthur Smith does a good job of using him in the RPO, using his legs in the zone read, using his, his mobility on bootlegs. When you break this game down, these are two defenses that have really struggled, but the run game from the Atlanta Falcons, I think, will be the key. Again, this Carolina Panthers defense hasn't stopped a nosebleed in the run game. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons in on the money line to win this game straight up. The minus two and a half kind of scares me. What do you think, B. Marsh? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons as well. This game, uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, uh, is a trash game. <laughs> it was a good this, this These two teams played two weeks ago and went to overtime. And it's a trash game. <laughs> I hate it for Amazon, but everything they've had been trash games so far. Correct. You know, and it's like no no one's uh, rushing to their living room or to their man cave uh, to go watch this game. No one. Um, what, what is exciting about this game for me, dudes, is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but it's for uh, the simple fact that this could be a team that goes on a run in the second half of the season. Mm. Right. There's always that one dark horse. There's always that one team that's like, where the hell did they come from? The way they run the ball, the way they play <laughs> offense, bro, it's so dominant. So dominant, mistake-free. Mm -hmm. Dudes, if that defense, if that defense can find a way. I don't think they can. Brother, <laughs> come on, man. If they can find a way to get a couple stops, bro. Man, all that shit sound good. <laughs> no Pack, what, what did y'all score? Five straight no drives on the Falcons when they came to Cincinnati. Time out, whole family came up here. Before you they go there, hold me right now. Before you go there, Pack, because you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals is a team right now that is so dangerous. No, they're not. So yes, oh my goodness! Come on, <laughs> I love it, Pat. I love how you sat up in your seat when oh, I said that. Right, now. I know I was on mute too. You heard me? Like what? Their season just started two weeks ago. The Cincinnati Bengals. That's a team from an offensive standpoint and what they do on Man, the offense. Listen, you the most even, come on the two dangerous that. teams right now in football. Three years, Baltimore Ravens. No, Baltimore already been dangerous. I'm talking about right now, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. And the fucking Jets. 
and you I lied about that second one. I've been trying to tell people the two, the two dangerous teams right now. Okay. And I'm gonna say this, and the reason why I'm saying this is the Jets has arguably, I know what we saying this and that, but they arguably have the best four best linemen, defense. yeah, best front eight in NFL football right now. Mm. They got three players with six or more sacks. The Bengals have six. by far, I mean, five or more. I well, said, six, no, you're right, you're about right, you're right. I'm just like, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Um, and the Bengals, I'm saying, offensive wise, if we don't do no trick plays down on the fucking goal line <clears throat> and use Joe Mixon, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're doing double reverse pass to Joe Burrow, we don't need all that shit. If they just yeah. stick to the basic, use Joe Mixon, it's about to get cold, we'll get right. uh, uh, uh. Chase back and Joe Burrow, he 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 at an all time high right now. Like, Man, I think Jamar Chase is so the key why, for sure. That's, that's why you can't do. That's why I say you can't really count that man because I truly believe like this Joe Burrow kid, man, and what he's been able to do with his guys, yeah. available or not, is just next level. These last couple of weeks, man, he's he's better yeah. than he was last year, and they went to the Super Bowl uh, last year. Um, but tonight's game, man, mm-hmm. I'm really interested. Uh, in, in watching the Atlanta Falcons, man. I, I had an yeah. opportunity this past weekend to sit down and watch them play. And uh, I was I was in awe at how they ran the football. It took me back. Old school. I love it. it took, you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> it reminded me of the Miami Dolphins uh, and, and, and when they had Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams, mm. the damn Wildcat. The Wildcat thing, yeah. Bro, they could do anything they wanted on mm-hmm. offense through the run game, bro. It was unbelievable. It's now, dangerous. I know they're not running a wildcat like that, but man, these holes are wide open. Dudes are the you know it's just a, it's just amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean Arthur Smith does a really good job of being very inventive in the run game. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, it really hasn't even been inventive. It's like this is what we lining up in. What you gonna do about it? We just gonna out physical you every play. We are gonna put our fullback in Keith Smith. We are gonna bring in two tight ends and we are gonna run zone right, zone left. Lead right, lead left. Well, do something about it. <laughs> and nobody's been able to do anything about it. Well, see, dudes, I know you you know, you probably know the run game better than I do because you had to stop the run game, right? Like this was your yeah. job. You know, I mean, obviously get after the you did a great job in the run game and the pass game, but like at D line, like you gotta stop the run first. Um, but on the when me being around the offensive lineman and being in the offensive huddle, bro, our offensive line used to get so pissed when we didn't commit to the run. Mm. What they would say is we have to commit. And that's why you're seeing when, you know, this Atlanta Falcons team do what they're able to do when you're saying just line up and you know what we're doing, but we're still going to gas you. It's Mm. because they've literally planted their flag in the sand and said, in the dirt and said, you know what? We're going to run the ball. We don't care if it's a one yard game, if it's a a one yard loss, we're going to run the ball. And offensive linemen are like shooters in the NBA. Their rhythm. Mm, that's the a good comparison. Can, the more you commit to the run game, it, the, the better they get, bro. And so when you see these teams really commit, that's when you start seeing, oh, we're averaging three yards a carry. Now we're averaging 4.2 yards a carry or five yards a carry. So that's why the Atlanta Falcons are having so much success. And it just takes me back to being in the huddle with these offensive linemen getting pissed off at our offensive coordinators and just screaming at the sideline, run the ball, commit, <laughs> commit, commit. 
Go ahead, Pac. I know you had something to say. No, I was going back on the question you said. You asked, then you asked Brandon who he was taking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you never got to ask. Yeah, who who are you taking no, you tonight? Pac? Um, of course I'm not taking Atlanta because my whole family <laughs> is with Atlanta. But do y'all see Steve Smith punk ass being a hater on here? He just talked so bad about the interim head coach because he maybe he wanted to be a head coach. About Carolina's interim head coach? Yeah, bro. Stop being bro. a hater, bro. Stop being a hater, Steve Smith. <laughs> Steve Smith, hater number one. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to something on, we talked on, about. Man. I got hands. Don't ask me that, Brandy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Brandy, he already knew where you were going. <laughs> We're going to be out the Super Bowl. You know, Sirius XM might put us up and have a whole little I am athlete little set. You know what I'm saying? We'll be there. You know, Steve Smith we'll, will make his rounds. What you gonna do when Steve Smith come up? Said it. Same Radio thing. AZ. Same same thing I've been saying. I seen him last Super Bowl. This ain't we've been talking about this. <laughs> this a, you ain't this ain't new pack. You've been on, been, been on it. Last Super Bowl. What you mean with him? You said you said Oh man, what's up? What's up? Man, why you feel like that? That's just how I feel. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. You all right? Yeah. All right. All right, man. That's how the conversation This sound like the Tlaib and, and Michael Tra- Crafting thing when they finally made peace. <laughs> Are we good? Just yeah, saying. we good. You good? <laughs> hey, Peck. Peck. Yeah. You know, you respect it in many locker rooms. Yeah. So is Steve Smith, bro. I got to mm. be honest with you. You know, I'm going to ride with you regardless. Well, you ain't got to ride with me. But if both of y'all put on uh, boxing gloves, bro, that's a real, this is a real fight. Let's set it up, man. Why are we still talking about it? I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. You ready? (laughs) I am ready. Sign me up. It don't even matter what weight class, whatever you want to do. Sign me up. Mm -mm But hey, let's let's get back to something we were talking about earlier. Uh, I'll read TSL. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doolsbull. With my guys, Brandon Marshall and Adam Pac-Man Jones. B, you were saying that the, you think the Bengals are a dangerous team going down the stretch. Just for the viewers, or I say viewers, listeners, have you looked at their schedule going down the stretch? Yep. What do you think about it? All right, let's pull it up again. So let everybody know, since you want to throw me on the spot. <laughs> since you said they are a dangerous team, have you looked at, at this? Pittsburgh, that's a, that should be a win for them. They lost to them already. Come on, bro. That was the first game of the season, and they were trashed through the first three games, the first three games of the year. You're going against Mike Tito? That's our guy. I know that's my guy, but they're trashed too. Okay. <laughs> All right, so they should win uh, in Pittsburgh. Okay. At Tennessee. Tennessee's always going to be tough, but they should. It's at Tennessee too, right? Yep, at Tennessee. They should beat Tennessee. And then Hold on, hold on. With Ryan Tannehill coming back? Bro. When I, Joe Burrow's like that. What are you not listen? What do you not hear? What I'm saying? All right, Brandon. If he's like, I'm that, not gonna even say that because no, Pack. I want to. We've I'm had this conversation, Pack. Let, well, let me talk to Brandon let me, real quick. Before, let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. Right. Be quick. I'll be quick. All right. So you got and two, we beat them last year, Brandon. Oh, Put yeah. that in there too. Yeah, and they beat them last year. Then they got <laughs> KC. So KC comes to Cincinnati. Boom. You know, Pack's gonna be there. That's gonna be a challenge. That's <laughs> that could go either way. Then they're Cleveland. Then they got Tampa. Then they got New England. They got Buffalo. They got mm. Baltimore. Mm. Bro. Come, mm. on, bro. Come on, bro. Ah. So how many of those they win him? All right, let me see. Let me see. One. And you got we got We also got to put into perspective. We don't know when Jamar Chase is potentially hey, even Jamar, coming back. Two, 
So out of eight games, uh, so right now they're sitting at so out of eight games, we five and four, B. So y'all five and four. We're gonna win at least six of those y'all games. Drop two more, two to three more, three, three more, two more, right. two yeah. more at, at at the most. Mm-hmm. All right, Pack. You know this answer, so I don't even want you to say nothing. What's Joe right. Burrow's record against the Cleveland Browns? This dude, look at him. Look at him. Now answer the question. He lost every game except one, B, I'll tell you. No, he hasn't won one game versus the Cleveland Browns. He ain't me. He said He hasn't won one game. And the (laughs) thing is, y'all letting these NFC South teams fool you. Brandon, you just talked about it. You looked at the bottom of the defenses in the league, right? Two of the last three teams were on there that he played. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. This is year two, bro. Sound like he's been here 10 years. Hold on. Nah, this is year three. I mean, year three. Pack, pack, pack. Dudes, dudes, set us up. Look, look. I did. <laughs> Let dudes get us a little three minutes. Look, dudes, set us up for all these little. That's stats. why I asked you that go question. Ahead, go ahead, dudes, go, go. He, he, he killed me with that the other day. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon like, yeah, Marshall bought up the bottom defenses in the league. <laughs> Carolina and Atlanta was on that on that list. You let them <laughs> NFC South teams fool you. What happened when he played the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football? It was Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Bro, everybody I've been saying life, that bro. Cincinnati Bengals are not going to make the playoffs, and I stand on it. And you wow. ain't going to be right. Wow. They will it's not beat the Ravens. Are you saying they will not beat the Bills. The they will not beat Kansas City. They will not beat Cleveland or Tennessee. I got you, five losses on that schedule. Man, you is out your last regular-ass mind. Pat, <laughs> you got to take your heart out of it. I'm just speaking, no, bro, doing the analyst work. Facts, bro, we just now starting to play good. We Jesse Bates just starting to play. He was out the whole he the man. Yeah. And who's that corner for y'all? All right. You are having a good year too. You know, you know how we both feel about a Wuze, bro. He was big. He was not he getting got, enough respect for what he was doing. One thing about it though, Lou Amaral is one of the best defensive coordinators oh, in the league. He? <laughs> and he know how to disguise players. I can tell you that. So well, it's, hey, it's, he ain't disguised nothing we, versus that Cleveland Brown run game. Yeah, we couldn't. They had a good game, bro. You know, you had some of those nights. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we gonna be all right, and we getting healthy. Long as our front eight, I mean, is okay, we gonna be okay. Yeah, but that offensive line coming still ain't cooking bot. on nothing. We coming out the box. They was cooking this week. The so hell again, who did they play? Did you, it don't matter. <laughs> Brandon, where was Carolina and, and the Falcons on that it? list for defenses? On defense, let me go. <laughs> you said thirty second was what the Falcons? That was probably yeah. because of this week. Though. That <laughs> Where was, was prob- Carolina? Were they just two be- spots up from there? That was probably because of last week, though. B. <laughs> so at thirty two, you got the Atlanta Falcons. At yeah. thirty one, you got the Detroit Lions. And mm-hmm. sitting at thirty is who? Is the Carolina Panthers? And who were two of the keep last going, three B. games the Cincinnati Bengals played? <laughs> Damn dudes. I <laughs> Brandon, you know I do this. You know what I'm saying? I do this. So what's their final record then? I think well, I don't know what their final record is. I just know they're not making the playoffs. I think they win nine yeah, games. I think they go nine and eight. Crazy. Bro, you sick, bro. That offense is unbelievable, bro. Where was it versus versus the Cincinnati uh versus the Cleveland Browns? You were talking about one game, bro. One day. Am I? What well, happened in the beginning you, you, of the year? You're sitting here telling me that the Jets gonna make the playoffs and we ain't. Yes, because our defense is better than yours. Get the fuck out of it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, am I lying right now? This year our defense isn't better than yours? Hold on, hold on. You have the Jets making the playoffs this year, dudes? Yeah, the Jets are gonna win 10, maybe 11 games. 
really, let's go to the Jets. Uh, go to the schedule. Hold on. People tend to forget they said the first nine games is why the Jets weren't going to make the playoffs. They, and nobody saw them winning six, and they should have won don't, seven. Don't you come in here trying to make an excuse now. Uh, well, we got to make an excuse. Yeah. Our record's better than yours. We don't got to make an excuse. Our record's better. We just beat the number one team in the NFL. We don't need to make no excuse. The Jets are on the bye. The Bills. Who says that? Mostly everybody. How? The Eagles are undefeated. In the NFC. So how do you say that the, the, the Bills are never one? Most team? people would still now, say the Bills were better than the Eagles. I don't care. What standards is that? If you look They're at the, the standards NFC, and you look bro. at the record, who's the best team? The Bills. Okay. <laughs> nah. True. This is I am athlete tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable. With my guys, Adam Pacman Jones and Brandon Marshall. We were talking about the Thursday night football game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And then we started talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to push the conversation forward because we'll be here all day. LeBron James, Adam <laughs> Pac-Man, Jones's guy, oh my God. went down with an injury. Now, the Lakers' abysmal start to the 22-23 and 23 season continue Wednesday night with a 114-101 loss to the Clippers. Adding injury to insult with star LeBron James' inability to finish the game. Now, James who has dealt with an illness and a sore left foot in the past week, said he felt something in his groin area after backing down on Clippers forward Paul George to draw a foul with little more than five minutes remaining in regulation. After missing his two free throws, James headed to the locker room and did not return. James said that his injury was not as bad as the 2018 groin strain, which sidelined him for more than a month. But his status for Friday's game against the Sacramento Kings won't be determined until he undergoes further medical evaluation on Thursday. Pac-Man Jones, I got to go to you since you're a LeBron slash Laker guy. The Lakers season was already a disaster. How challenging will it be for them to right the ship if LeBron misses, say, two to three weeks? LeBron Jones. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm hurt. Uh, <laughs> and I was just sitting here thinking about this today, right? So... Where Brian is, 37 right now? Something um, like that. Yeah, I think so he the is. The last time he pulled his groom, he was 33 years old. That was 2018. Things healed a lot quicker probably back then. I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm nervous. And nervous back? This the first time. And Order two and nine. I'm, and I'm I'm going <laughs> to admit it. Like, I'm nervous, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for Brian as a player. I know he's averaging his points and shit, but shit just don't look the same. And I'm the, and this the first time y'all ever heard me say this. Mm. Um, I think it's more than the groin. Like we said, he was nursing his foot injury earlier. Yeah, I'm B. Marsh, what you think, man? You know, you thought that Slaker team could potentially put it together. Westbrook finally agreed to, and has actually played well coming off the bench. But like you just stated, they're still two and nine with LeBron missing potential time. Do you think this experiment is over for the LA Lakers or is it still too early to determine that? Damn, like what I mean, do you just have like uh a producer just jotting down everything that we say and feeding you this information? No, you know my memory's crazy, bro. How do you remember me talking about the Lakers potentially? Cuz I don't forget. It's like an elephant. You always Can I just tell you don't ask me that. <laughs> um dudes, they're 2 and 9. Um the West you know, it's, it, they have stars there, but there's some really good teams in the West, bro. Um, I, 
it's not that I'm nervous for the Lakers. It's just like they don't have a chance. Let's just, let's just deal with reality. You got the Jazz, man, who went into this year. How crazy are the Utah Jazz right now? They're 10 and 3. <laughs> Number one seed in the West. Right. The Phoenix Suns are there. I mean, the Trailblazer, can, can they yep. can they can they maintain this? Yeah, I think didn't Dame Dollar just get banged up? He's he's hurt right now, I think. Bro, come on, man. Like, this is uh bad for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um LeBron needs shooters. And I know everybody's talking about that, but every team he's been on, he's always had guys in the corner. Yeah. Stick it out too. Well, supposedly Bradley Bill is a name that's been coming up lately with the Lakers. It'd be interesting to see what it would take to get him. But let's go back to the Utah team because you actually sat and talked with a guy right before the season that's been playing really well off the bench for them. Colin Sexton, the Utah Jazz. Like, what's up with this team, B? It's like, again, no superstars. Uh, The one kid is hard to pronounce his name. I don't know how to say his name. Um, I think he's from Europe somewhere. Besides him, everybody else is averaging like 10 points. They got like six dudes or seven dudes that average double digits on that team. And you're talking about the concept of team ball. Can that be sustainable in a day and age where everybody says you need superstars to really win? Well, uh, let's say like right now, you know, the expectations are low for the Utah Jazz. The NBA season doesn't start till spring, right? Mm. When it comes March, April, that's when these guys kick it in the gear and they take it to a whole nother level. So now you're looking at a Utah Jazz team that's not uh, filled with superstars, and they're forced to play team ball. And, and of course, everybody's fighting for position. They're trying to, to break through. So, of course, every single game you're going to get their best. So that's why you see guys like this coming out and, and, and really owning a start of the NBA year. So can they maintain? Yes, for the first half of the season. But what's going to happen? Um, damn, I was going to say the Clippers. But then, you know, that's my team. I'm still picking that's them. That's my team. That's my team. I got them to go to the finals. Yeah, me too. But Kawhi, you know, Kawhi. You know, Kawhi, he just need to get in the playoffs. That's it. Once he get in the playoffs, he's going to turn into Cyborg Leonard, and, you know, the rest is going to be history. Yeah, but, you know, I'm I'm nervous about him too. Well, no, you know why I like it, though? Because guys like John Wall get to really acclimate themselves to this team. He played really well yesterday. Paul George can kind of run the show, and you still got, you know, uh, Morris out there playing really well. So you still got enough depth on that team when Kawhi leaves. These players are getting great minutes right now. So when he comes back, right, everybody's going to be firing on all cylinders. So I still trust the Clippers and the depth that they have. I think they'll, they're they going to make a run. They'll probably get in at like the fourth or fifth seed. But, you know, with Kawhi, you just got to get in. That's because he turns into somebody different during the playoff times. Right. I mean, you got the Pelicans sitting out there. That's my dark horse in the West. I know, bro. That's going to be scary. I ain't saying nothing about New Orleans. That's the Pelicans. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you thought they were still the Hornets, huh? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I watched Zion. Uh, he looks good, he, man. He like, different this year, And I boy. will say this. I was talking about his weight and all of this shit. But, man, he had one play on the fast break. I'm talking about the speed and the burst. His, damn, his head was damn near at the middle of the square, bro. So like, you could tell he's in shape. He's taking care of his body. Like I want to yeah, say and- that because I was talking shit earlier in the year. Like, oh, it's preseason. Will he last to the season? But we'll see. <laughs> see if he can take care of his body. It's a long season in basketball, man. Cool. Yeah. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. That's what. Like in football, it's it's a sprint. This shit is a marathon. Yeah. Listen, and I- and Brandon Ingram is not even playing right now. So CJ McCollum and him been holding it down. So when Brandon Ingram comes back. <laughs> 
My goodness. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question. Um, are we seeing, you know, um, an evolution in the NBA? I wouldn't even call it an evolution, but maybe a different trend being set in the NBA. You know, is it more about team than it is about superstars, right? For the past, what, 10, well, forever, it's always been about superstars. Yeah. But it's been about the big three the last 10 years or so. Big three, big three, big three. Everybody's yeah. trying to get the big three. Everybody's trying to team up. But if you look at this, man, like the Milwaukee Bucks, mm. outside, you got Giannis, and a lot of, 90% of the world says he's the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. But what other superstars are around Gian, uh, Giannis? I mean, Chris Middleton's an avid. He's an all-star every year. He's not a superstar. He's no all-star every year. He's made the he, all-star team maybe two times, one time. He's made it the last two years. Okay, that's it. He's not a Drew Holiday's been, been been an all-star. He's not a he, – come on. Is he a superstar? No, he's not a superstar. The way he's playing right now, he is. <laughs> he's been yeah. hooping this year. Superstars, let's – come on, let's get super. Were they, were, were they even considered well, to be a part of the damn uh, alts? The NBA's top seventy-five. No. Yeah, but so so to to answer that question, B, Golden State won last year, right? Besides Steph, was there another superstar on that team then? No, I mean I like I like the kid Pool. You know, I like the. I'm saying, but he's not a superstar. He will be a superstar. But like, they, it ain't they, just they, Steph. 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 Different. Yeah, you tripping? Like Steph and carry the whole team. If you like, if it you was a take it in that Steph, finals, I don't know. <laughs> Now, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's a different situation the year before that. Look, um, here you go. Here LA, you, here you uh, go. The, the go Lakers, the Lakers, the year before that, they had a team. It was really AD and um, Brian. It was the um, bubble. Brian. It was the bubble. It was the bubble. The, the Raptors, the Raptors really didn't have a team, B. They had two players. That's right. So when you look at the East right now, you got the Milwaukee Bucks sitting at 10 and 1. They're leading the conference. Mm-hmm. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like Spider Mitchell. Man, Darius Garland. And then you got the Boston Celtics, and you got Atlanta Hawks. Boston Celtics, same Boston Celtics, right? You know they got two superstars. Yeah, the best, the best, the best players, the best players outside of Giannis in the East is sitting. They're not nobody, nobody, but nobody over there can fuck with Giannis though, bro. Yeah, like if he, you can put all them teams together, and Giannis can win by himself, B. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Hope Solo, World Cup champion and host of Hope Solo Speaks, a Sirius XM podcast. I'm so excited about the Men's World Cup starting November 20th, and we'll have coverage all tournament long. I'll be talking to former players, top analysts, and offering some of my unique perspective as Team USA looks to make a deep run in Qatar. Download new episodes of Hope Solo Speaks right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. USA! 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 Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Adam Pacman Jones and Omar Kelly. I mean, and Brandon Marshall. I'm tripping. There seems to be a debate about the effort level of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday. Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady said this about the team's effort of late. There's definitely some things we do well. There's a lot of things we don't do well. And I think too much of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad leaves you average. And no one's trying to be average. If you want to be a great team, you got to be way better than average. So correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level um, on game day. And that's something we better fix. Now, Tom Brady said that on his podcast, Let's Go. Now, on Tuesday, Todd Bowles said this, courtesy of the Buccaneers Radio Network. It was huge. After losing three weeks in a row, you know, you you get very sour. And you have a very sour taste in your mouth for a long time. Not from lack of effort, but lack of execution, lack of doing things right. And... The guys stayed together, they hung together, they came out tough, they fought. It was a team we haven't beaten in a while, and they came out with a win at the end, so it felt good. Well, it seems like there's some contradiction there, fellas. So let's bring in a tiebreaker. Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leffridge had this to say about the team's effort. It hasn't been uh, every down. Uh, We've had downs where we can be better from an effort standpoint. Uh, It's been addressed. Uh, and I think we can get better. And that's what I mean about uh, uh, what we can fix. I think we can fix all the things that's in that's been in our way throughout the year. Obviously, it's been a, a tough beginning of the year, a lot of things that's been going on. So I, as I think we're beginning to settle down, we're getting more into football mode, more aware of what we need to do. And that's we, we can't be talking effort. Uh, we can't be talking effort from uh, really anybody, especially this time of year. We understand that, and that's why we're excited to get the opportunity to go out here and play this week. Adam Pac-Man Jones, it seems like Byron Leftwich agrees with Tom Brady saying that, you know, they need to be better in effort, but head coach Todd Bowles said it was more of execution and not effort. Is this an issue with the offensive coach backing the quarterback instead of the head coach? Um. I, I don't know. Normally, everybody's on one a pay. I mean, one a court, I should say. Um, I've never seen where an offensive coordinator is not saying what the same thing as the head coach saying. Yeah, but let me ask you that question as well, right? Because Tom Brady came out and said, you know, we need to be better when it comes to effort. Todd Bowles says it's more of an execution thing, not an effort thing. But then 
you know, Byron Leftwich doubled down and said, you know, we've addressed it, talked about the effort, saying it, it was an issue. Are you concerned that the offensive coordinator backed the quarterback and not his head coach? No, it's just like it's um, – how do I say this? It's like, man, information moves so fast, you know, uh, in the National Football League. And also our days move so fast. There's so much going on, right? The head coach has so much he has to do. He's definitely, you know, um, speaking to the team and his coaching about, you know, what the message of the week is, what the keys to victory are. And, you know, you, you establish that in that first team meeting of the week, second team meeting of the week, and you expect that to – you know, cascade down to everyone in the organization and everyone going out speak the same thing. But mm. there's so much movement, right? You got Tom Brady excited after when he goes out and talk. Now you have the offensive coordinator to maybe speaking right after, you know, that speaks right after Tom Brady. And he's probably asked the question, well, Tom Brady said this. What do you think? So now he has to, res- he has to come up with an answer right on the spot. I don't think this is a big deal. And I mm. think Todd Bowles, speaking on this, you know, and, 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 and approaching the way he did uh, was more so about his job, right? Because when they, we always hear when a head coach loses the locker room, you know, that's when it's like it's over for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. So how do you know if you lost the locker room? Effort. That's one of the biggest that's things, true. right? So yeah. you go out there and say, oh, yeah, he's right. We're not getting enough effort. Todd Bowles would never say that. And right? cause you don't want to lose the locker room by saying something like that. No, what I'm saying, that's the one of the biggest indicators of if you lost the locker room is effort. Mm. So Todd Bowles would never agree to that, even if it's true. Even if it's true. <laughs> yeah, probably looking you can't at call Todd a spade a spade, B. Marsh. Oh, you can't say that. Todd, you you know Todd Bowles. He, he probably yeah. won't go to Tom, but he'll probably go to Leftwich. Like, come on, man. What you doing? We got to be on one accord here, man. <laughs> on accord, like, think before you speak. You he probably walk up to him like, you want my job? You trying to you know he do. You know he do. <laughs> Please, man. Todd Bowles. Man, Todd Bowles is like that. I like Todd Bowles. I I, yeah. I just I just hate that, you know. I mean, think he inherited like, this mess. <laughs> it's not a, the mess, it's like the injuries up front. Yeah. You know? and and then also at the wide receiver position. Well, I'm glad you said that. So I, I'll read TS up and I want to get into some questions about the Bucks. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Brandon Marshall and Adam Pacman Jones. I'm glad you brought up that with the offense, the injuries on the line, and then with the receivers. Let me ask you this, B. Mike Evans and Tom Brady, like first year COVID year, seemed like these two were in sync, like they've been playing for years. Last year, same thing. What do you think the issue is this year? Because there's been times, and me and LaShawn Shady McCoy talked about this earlier in the, in the week. When you watch film, you'll see Mike Evans break inside, Tom Brady throws it outside. You'll see Mike Evans run a comeback, Tom Brady throws a goal ball. Like, why do you just think they're not in sync? And then Mike Evans last week, I've never seen him drop the ball that many times in my in my life. Like, what do you think? What do you think is going on between the quarterback and the receiver? It's it's one of those things, man, where when things are going good, um, it's like the flywheel effect. Things be, you know, they, they get better. And when things are going bad, right, it's the flywheel effect. They get mm. worse, worse, right? There's a lot of pressure, in the, you know, on this team, this organization. You have Tom Brady to go. And when you come out and play the way you do, and then you come in practice or in games or, in you know, when you're watching film, 
you know, people, they, they butts get tight. Mm. That's what it is, man. They start pressing. Dudes, you've been in these locker rooms in these situations before, and so has Pac-Man. Y'all know that. You start you start acting out of character. Remember early on in the season you had the Miami Dolphins. They have two bad weeks, and you got Tyreek Hill come in, and he pulls out the ping-pong table. <laughs> and then he put it right back. <laughs> able to help you start off to a hot – help you get off to a hot start, right? <laughs> so that's the situation. We're, we you got guys competing at a high level every single day, not only on game day but in practice. Practice in those meeting rooms are more competitive than damn Sunday. Sundays is easy. Mm. That's right? facts. So all we're seeing is guys, man, just, you know, pressing, you know, guys trying to figure out how to repeat, not repeat, but go back to the Super Bowl, win another one. That's all we're seeing. And but but they're dealing with injuries, man. And Pac, before I go to you, I just their opponent this week, right? Seattle, Seahawks, B Marsh. I tried to tell you, you don't want to believe in my guy. G Money, Geno Smith. Should be in the top three for the MVP race right now. Hold on, what we, you mean I ain't believe? What you try to tell me? What you say? You ain't believe in that man. You say, I don't I don't think I'm like B. I've talked to this guy. He's matured a lot. I like the way he approaches the game now. And a big proponent, B, and I think you may have saw his interview. Everybody saw his interview after the game. After he throws the pick sick, hell of a play by Zaven Collins on a flare screen. He peels off. And for people that doesn't don't know what that is, the end guy. A lot of times in blitzes, if the running back peels to the right or left, you own him, man. You have to go with him. He peels off, gets a pick six. Gino leads his team on three straight touchdown drives. But the first thing he says after the interview, he's like, yeah, I put us in a bad position. But thank God my defense, they held it down for me, and we were able to get some stuff going in the run game. I mean, that just shows maturity, and that's also taking accountability, right? We see so many guys don't that don't do that. Aaron Rodgers has struggled with that. Zach Wilson at times has struggled with that. The great ones take accountability, and I just think this season, man, Geno has had a special season because, one, he's lived within the offense, and two, I just think he's finally got another opportunity, and this team has really rallied around him. They believe in him, and obviously Pete Carroll believes in him because he keeps jabbing Russell Wilson every time he gets a chance. And uh, and hyping up Geno Smith. So Adam Pacman Jones, we're getting ready to go to break. But when you look at the Seahawks versus the Bucks team, one, who are you taking, and what's one thing you want to watch in this game? Seahawks versus the Bucks. I'm taking. In, it's Gino. in Germany too. I'm taking Geno. Geno mm. is balling right now, and sometimes you know God had to take you away from things to let you see the bigger picture. Like I had the game took it away from me. And out, and obviously, when I got here, I ain't start like the first eight nine weeks. You know what I mean? So everything slowed down for me, and I got to capitalize off that. But Gino is playing at a high level right now. He got a lot of confidence. He got an unbelievable running game with him. So you got to respect the man. He got a good coach. Like anytime, um, they got a good running game over there with that coach. He came that started at USC. You know what I mean? Mm. Anytime he got a good running game, he know how to put the play action in there. And defensive-wise, it speaks for itself. They always been playing that same cover three, two-man yep. <laughs> match. That shit ain't going to change. So, it's tough. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it, they, got, they got some good going over there right now. Yeah, what do you, what do you think, B, about this matchup in Germany, the Bucks versus the Seahawks? I think the Bucks are actually favorite minus two and a half, which is crazy to me. Right. My my head says uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Just like I said earlier, when things are going good, they get better. 
And um, I mean, they're, this team is rolling. Um, but my gut says go with Tampa. You go with Tampa because you got Tom Brady, all the things that he's gone through personally. Um, you know, what's, what's our sanctuary as players? The field. The field, football, right? Yeah. So, he, you know, the, the, the divorce was finalized two weeks ago. You know, so football is probably all that he's holding on to to get through this tough time that he's going through personally. So I just think that Tom Brady's going to find a way to get this team back on track, right? That was a big <laughs> win last week for them. It was tough. It was ugly, but they figured it out. And and Todd Bowles as well is a big factor in this because he had Geno Smith. He knows how Geno thinks. He knows yeah. his strengths, his weaknesses, right? And Todd Bowles does a great job of mixing it up. Um, can Todd Bowles confuse Geno Smith? If he can, and 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 Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, Tom Brady things. <laughs> That's the thing we just Tom haven't seen up. Tom Brady things like that. I mean, his offense is only averaging 18 points a game, while Seattle, I think, has scored over 27 the last three three straight weeks. And to your point, right, the Tampa Bay defense has actually played respectfully. They, they're giving up, I believe, 18.2 points a game. But the way that that run game at with Kenneth Walker, right? And I like how, you know, Shane Waldron has mixed things up. He'll go 12, 13 personnel and run that bootleg. And we saw last week how it was effective with Noah Fant. Catch and run after, you know, the Arizona Cardinals got it down to one score. Catch and run of like 40 yards. And that's because the run game so effective, Brandon, that guys, you know how it is. Guys start creeping up in that box. They, they drop their responsibility and you get the tight end to the flat. He turns it up for 40 yards. But I like his I like Geno Smith's rapport also with Tyler Lockett. He just knows how to hook up with him in zone coverage. I think Tyler Lockett's one of the most savviest receivers in the NFL. They've been able to take shots with DK Metcalf and get him on in breaking routes as well. And Geno still leads the league in completion percentage, right? He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He knows where to go with the football. And in the Shane Waldron offense, when that back foot hits, he lets the football go. I mean, the Tampa Bay offense honestly we were talking about Byron Leftwich and him having Todd Bowles back in response to effort he needs to ha- he needs to be doing something on offense because this offense is so predictable and un you know it's un uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's it's uninventive is what dot. I'm saying it's uninventive like you know what they're doing each and every play and again you know Tom Brady hasn't really you know, found his footing with Mike Evans as yet. Scotty Miller had a big drop for a touchdown last week. And I don't know why, Brandon, they just refuse to run the football. Tom Brady at age, what is he, 45 now or something like that? Dropped back and passed the ball 58 times last week. Right. You know how many times they rushed the ball last week, Brandon? How many? 20. (laughs) You sound disappointed. 20 times. In the words of the great Sandra Bullock from the movie Blindside, run the dang ball. Good <laughs> luck. What are we doing here? You have a beat up offensive line. You forgot in week one when Tom Brady and the offense struggled, playoff Lenny saved you. Right. You just going to go away from him? Right. You don't. You paid him $7 million to not do anything? So I think Byron Leverage deserves some of the blame for this too because, like, dude, just run the football. Like, I don't. I don't get it. Teams just refuse to run the football. The Atlanta Falcons love to run the football, and you see their record right now. The surprising Chicago Blackhawks are in Los Angeles tonight at 10 Eastern for a matchup with the Kings live on NHL Network Radio Series XM 91. And listen wherever you want with the Series XM app, including with all our trials and popular plans. Eli Manning 
is trying his hand at rap. He coming for you, Pac. We discussed that in our two-minute drill. When we return on I Am Athlete Tonight here on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Oh, my God. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.